it's great to be with you this morning, and uh, we're just so grateful to Brother Wayne uh, for giving us an opportunity to share with you, report back to you uh, about what God has been doing in, in Mozambique. And uh, we just really, in the spirit of Paul, when he returned from his missionary journeys to the church at Antioch, and he reported about what God had done um, on his journeys, and so we want to do that. Uh, with you this morning, and, um, and, and catching our breath is, is, uh, is what we're doing, because uh, sharing in three, four services is, is a little bit challenging, but, um, but it's, it's a great opportunity. And um, we, uh, if you, just to remind you where Ted is, um, we don't have this clicker this morning, but uh, they're going to help us advance these slides. The horizontal arrow is pointing to the country of Mozambique. It's a very long country, has more coastline than from the tip of Maine to the tip of Florida. Uh, we live where the vertical arrow is coming down uh, in the province of Tet. And uh, we, the fourth largest river in Africa, the, Z the Zambezi River, uh, flows right through our city. And um, we live in that Zambezi River Valley. Uh, and. Um, we work with, in the next slide, you can see the, the, in the urban area of Tet City. Uh, it's a growing city. There are, um, or there were, in 2007, the census reported that there were about 175,000 people who lived in the city of Tet uh, because of coal mining and the development that has come because of that. Uh, the estimate is somewhere that around 100,000 people who have come to, uh, to Tet because of that. So you can just imagine the amount of, of growth that is for uh, one city and all the challenges that, that, that are there um, in reaching, not only just as far as mission work is concerned, but also the other challenges of, of infrastructure and things uh, just for a city to, uh, to have. But um, so we've tried to be more uh, intentional, more strategic in how we uh, view the city and reaching the city. Uh, we've had, with our national partners, we've tried to develop a, a, a strategy to, to reach the city, reach all of the neighborhoods uh, with, um, with churches, with the gospel. Uh, there are nine neighborhoods. Those will probably grow uh, soon because of the, the growth. Um, and we need, there needs to be more churches in those areas. Currently, uh, in the city of Tet proper, there are only two Baptist churches. There are other evangelical churches that are there, but they're not enough to reach the population of the city of Tet. We also work in rural areas, and in the next slide you'll see uh, just kind of what it looks like where we, where we live. In that Zambezi River Valley, it's very semi-arid, not a lot of rainfall, and so um, the temperatures can climb. Um, you know, I thought growing up in South Georgia, it was, it was hot here, but it gets a little bit hotter in Tet, Mozambique. And, um, and very people, uh, most people are subsistence farmers who live in these rural areas. And so they grow enough uh, for their family for each year. They save seed from each harvest season to plant for the next year. And, um, and there are a lot of areas still um, that have no access or very little access to the gospel. We work with the Nyungwe people. Uh, Nyungwe uh, is a people group that um, is one of the six people groups that live in Tet province. And they are about a, a, 
about a hundred mile radius around that Zambezi River. Right, still they're, they're considered to be unreached with the gospel, so that means that two, less than 2% of their population claim to be evangelical Christian. And even, even less than that are probably true followers of Christ. So the needs are great. There's a lot of, of need for the gospel to go to, to new places and doing church planting and leadership development, uh, we've been able to, to help in that, in that, in that way and, uh, and new things are, are starting to happen. Also in Mozambique, over, well, 80% of the population of Mozambicans are aged 35 or under. So it's such a young population with a median age of 17 that we really need to be strategic in reaching youth as well. Um, should I repeat it? Yeah. Okay. In Mozambique, 80% of the population are aged 35 or under, and the median age is 17 years old. So there is such a need to reach youth and young adults in Mozambique. God's opened doors for us in working in a local um, college. We have several small colleges or institutes, and we're really excited to see about what might happen through that as well. Um, if we can go to the next picture of our family, I just want to update you, you know, as missionaries we kind of look at our lives in these little categories of terms of service on the field. So we were on the field for four years and then we're here to visit for about ten months and then we'll go back for three and a half or four years and do that again. So when we went back to Mozambique this term, we had five-year-old Abigail and two-year-old Emma Claire. And um, there were just a lot of changes for our family this term. Um, Daniel was born, and then we started homeschooling. I started homeschooling Abigail, and then later Emma Claire. So I was a lot more busy at home than I had been before. I thought I was real busy at home before, but um, like was even busier at home. And so this term, we've just had to learn to work together so that we can both be involved in ministry. And for me to be out ministering to women means that sometimes Chris comes home once a week and teaches the kids homeschool so that I can go and be free to do that. So we're thankful for the Lord to how he leads us in that and always asking for wisdom and how to find that balance. But um, you can go to the next slide. When we think of First Baptist, we are just so thankful to you guys. You are such a support to us um, in praying and in telling us that you're praying. It's really good when you tell us you're praying too, because then we know you are, and it's just an encouragement. Um, for us to not feel forgotten when we're gone for those long spans of time. Um, we're so encouraged by your giving to the cooperative program and your giving to Lottie Moon and especially the last couple of years as you have con um, continued to exceed your goal. That has just been so encouraging to us and we've praised God from our living room in Mozambique as we've seen those updates or read in the beacon about how you met your goal. So thank you for your faithful giving. These are all IMB missionaries in Mozambique that are on the screen. I know you can't see their faces because it's a small picture. But these are all your missionaries to Mozambique that you support through the cooperative program and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And we're just a tiny group out of the 4,000 IMB missionaries around the world. But um, within Mozambique, you know, this looks like a lot of people in the picture, but Mozambique is so huge. It has as much um, coastline as from Maine to Florida, and we're very spread out. The closest neighbors to us out of these other missionaries are John and Bonnie Dinah. They've come here before and shared with your church, and they're wonderful people. They're great people to have as neighbors, but they're a 14-hour drive away, so they're not much of a neighbor. But um, we are very spread out, and many of us do work in um, isolated places, but along Alongside our Mozambican brothers and sisters who are our teammates there. 
In the next picture, you see the house that we live in and um, that we're able to rent that house and live there because of your giving and your support. In the next picture, you see the vehicle that we drive and we're able to have that and maintain that because of your giving and your support. And so we just thank you for that so sincerely for continuing to be faithful to give. As we're here today, I also want to thank you for your giving to the Nyungwe Translation. Um, just a few months ago, you all were doing a campaign to raise money for the, Nyungwe, the translation of the New Testament into the Nyungwe language. In Mozambique, the national language is Portuguese. That's what government um, things are done in, school. But in people's homes, for our people group, the Nyungwe, they speak Nyungwe, and that's what they dream in and um, talk to their families in. And so for people to have access to the gospel in the Nyungwe language instead of just Portuguese is so huge. And we are very excited. We just wrote our friends that have been working on the translation and they told us that it should be completed in March of next year. And then it should go to print and it'll be typeset and it'll go to print. And they're hoping we can have a dedication in 2019. So we just praise God for that. That translation has been going on since the 1990s. A lot of work and effort and hardship to get that done, but how exciting. And then finally, um, I wanted to thank you because of your giving just to us personally, for you even thinking about us the way you have when the church celebrated their 125th anniversary. You guys took up an offering to bless us in some very practical ways. And now, whenever our electricity goes out, which is often, I think about y'all. And the reason I think about y'all is because we were able to get a generator to hook up our whole house to this generator so that we could still run um, fans and air conditioners. Honestly, when we use the generator, our electricity is better than when we use the city's electricity because the voltage is so bad. So that's been a blessing to us. So when I smell that generator fuel, I think of y'all and it just touches my heart. <laughs> and um, Also, you gave so that we could have a second vehicle so that when Chris is traveling and the kids and I are at home, we wouldn't be stranded. And that was just um, very thoughtful and generous of you. We, that was not on our radar as a possibility. Um, when we got back to Mozambique after that, we got the tax document we would need to be able to buy a vehicle personally. And by the time we had all that lined up, we had just a year until we were coming on our state side. So we decided to wait to purchase the vehicle until we go back. So when we go back at the end of February, that's on our list of things we'll be working on and we'll send you guys a picture and an update of that. But thank you for blessing us in such practical ways that were so far beyond anything we would have thought of or asked for. Um, in the next picture, you see our daughter, Abigail, who's in here today, so I won't embarrass her too much, but she moved to Mozambique as a six-month-old baby, and she's really grown up there, um, learned to speak Portuguese by playing in our yard with our neighbors and by um, being with kids at church. And then in the next slide, our daughter, Emma Claire, who's going to be seven. Abigail is nine. She'll be 10 in December. Emma Claire will be seven next month. And I love this picture because it so um, exemplifies Emma Claire. She loves to wear dresses and be a girly girl, but she's not afraid to pick up a big bullfrog that's bubbled up out of the earth in the rainy season. So that's what she's holding in her hands is a bullfrog. And she loved that bullfrog so much, but he didn't make it till the end of the day. So, you know, friends come and go. But um, in the next picture, you can see Daniel, and he's climbing a tree um, barefooted. That's very typical for our kids. And playing with a ball. You know, you can buy a ball in the store where we live, but we have thorns this big, and the balls are expensive. So most kids will go around and find the little pieces of plastic sacks and put those together and tie them up and that's the ball that they play with so that's what daniel has in this picture so 
Just an update on our children. He's three and a half. He'll turn four right before we go back to Mozambique. And in the next picture, um, if you would just think of our children and pray for them, that they, their hearts would be ready as we return to Mozambique, that they would always grow in their ability to communicate in Portuguese, and that they would um, feel a part of our ministry in Mozambique because we truly see them as an important part of our ministry there and as little partners in sharing the gospel. And also, as your church is so faithful to give to Lottie Moon and the cooperative program, I just want to challenge you to remember to include your children and your grandchildren in the way that you give to and pray for missions. You know, I'm so glad you guys have GAs and RAs and the kids are learning there, but as a family, um, give together. Think about how you can give together, and I think that'll have such an impact on your kids as they grow up to see their part in this bigger picture that we all have as believers. Next picture, you'll just see um, a picture of, of myself uh, being able to share the gospel with a group of people. And as we titled uh, the time of, that we have this morning to share with you is victories and challenges. Can't you just imagine the, the victories and challenges that Paul related to the church in Antioch? So many victories of people coming to faith in Christ, but then so many challenges in getting the gospel to those people. And that's exactly what we uh, have for you this morning, is just sharing um, those victories and challenges that we have experienced in this past term. Uh, one of the challenges is the worldview of, of the Nyungwe people and, and most African people is uh, animism. Animism is the belief that there is a supreme being or God who created this world but has no day-to-day -day contact or, or involvement in the world. Their lives, they believe, that are, are in, influenced by spirits, ancestral spirits, spirits of different locations, uh, spirits that manifest themselves uh, in the forms of animals, um, and they live in fear of those spirits because they bring good and bad or good and evil into their lives. From birth all the way to death, every season of the year, uh, every um, ceremony is related to, uh, in some way, to appeasing or trying to find power to overcome the, the evil that they experience on a day-to-day on -day basis. Uh, there's a, someone who mediates uh, between them and the spirit world and gives them guidance and, and what they need to do to be able to, to have peace in their life or power to overcome those, um, that, the difficulties that they face. It's a very fear-provoking way of viewing the world because you don't know what's coming, what's going to affect you, and you don't know if you'll have the right power to get beyond that. And so there's a, a constant search or constant um, search for power uh, and, and to help them get through that. We know that the power of the gospel can cut through the lies of, the, of Satan. The lies that, and animism is a lie of, of, of Satan that has many people trapped in its, in its vices. And we know and we have seen how the gospel has transformed someone's life to leave, to repent of that, and to put their faith in Christ who has conquered the power of sin over their lives, who has conquered the power of death over their lives, and who gives them victory in their, in their lives. We're reminded in the, next, well, in the next picture, you'll see one of the symbols of animism 
uh, that's in the Nyungwe culture. This is called a kachisi. It's a small hut. It's a spirit hut where rituals and ceremonies are performed so that they can maintain good uh, contact or a good relationship with their, um, with their ancestral spirits. This is actually at a, um, at a new shopping center that was built about two minute walk from our house. You can see Woolworths on the side. It's not the same one as that existed here in the United States, but it's a different South African Woolworths. But these kachisis are in different locations. You can see them at government buildings under the big bridge that you saw in an earlier picture. They are, it's a symbol of animism. In the next picture, you'll see a picture of our church. This is the church where we are members. It's Matambu Baptist Church. And um, we are just encouraged by two of the members of this church who, they're young men. Uh, one is married, the other one is single. And these two men are the evangelists for our church. They direct and, and uh, the evangelistic efforts of our church. And they have been real faithful men to go and share the gospel in a neighborhood near our church and in a, a community about an hour away. They give their free time to go, to encourage others to go with them, uh, to share the gospel, and to disciple new believers. One of the, the women that they led to faith in Christ in the, the neighborhood near our church is a woman. She was an elderly woman. She was not able to walk to, um, very far, but she wanted to come and visit the church that sent them out. And so they gave of their money to rent a motorized rickshaw to bring her to church so that she could worship for the first time with uh, the church that sent them to tell her the gospel. They give of themselves and they give of their, their possessions so that the gospel can go forward. There's also a challenge. Um, many evangelical churches uh, in Mozambique are based or are focused on tradition or, and religious form. And we know that that hinders the spread of the gospel because you, you can become inward focused, you become focused on maintaining a religious form and not on getting the gospel to people. So that, that has been a challenge as well. In the next picture, you'll see a picture of the seed project that we were able to do um, near the end of our, our term. It's a project that was started because of uh, the drought that, uh, that happened two years ago, and it, f it caused them um, to not have enough seed to be able to plant for the next season. We chose um, six, or sorry, seven areas, seven communities that we wanted to help uh, in one particular district, and through the, 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 um, the Global Hunger Fund and Baptist Global Response, we were able to help provide millet seed and peanut seed to those seven communities. So that totaled about 3,000 families or about 15,000 people who benefited from that project. Because of churches like you giving to the Global Hunger Fund and to uh, IMB, or the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering and to Baptist Global Response, we were able to do that project. Well, the project was a difficult project. There were a lot of challenges with the project. Doing business in Africa is a challenge. And new challenges are new things that I had never experienced before uh, as a missionary. Corruption, dishonesty, 
were challenges for us for acquiring the seed, purchasing the seed, uh, getting the seed to people. What we thought was going to take two months took five months. And, but in that, people had access to seed. They had access now to the gospel. We shared the gospel on every day of distribution. Uh, we, shared, we gave a tract, uh, a gospel tract to every family who received seed. And we have access now to go back to those areas to share the gospel on an individual basis and hopefully see churches started in those areas. One of them in the next picture you'll see um, is the area of Zimica Montaña. And in Zimica Montaña, we learned that there was no church, no church whatsoever in that area. They had no access to the gospel. 700 families live in this, in this village. The man who's distributing the seed is the pastor of the church in Matambu. And he is the close, they are the closest church to this area. It's about an eight mile distance between the two areas. And as we talked about getting the gospel to that area and all the sacrifices that would be needed to make uh, so that that area can have access to the gospel, Alfonso and his church on the afternoon of Easter Sunday, they came together and decided that they were going to be the ones to take the gospel to Zimica Montaña. And we talked about that. And he said after they have their harvest time in the month of June, they would select a weekend to go and to share the gospel on a Saturday and hold a service on a Sunday and then share the gospel that Sunday afternoon. We heard back from them while we, since we've been here. And we just praise God that 35 people made decisions to follow Christ because of their obedience, because of the difficulties that we experienced to get the, the seed to them and to have access to the gospel. And we just pray that, that in the other areas and in the many other areas um, that have very little access to the gospel, that God would just open doors through challenges, through victories, that he would um, provide access to the gospel to these people. We have some prayer requests that we'd just like to share with you um, in closing. Would you just pray for a vibrant, spirit-filled church that will be obedient to focus on the gospel, to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, to take the gospel and make disciples in the many areas and among the many people who have no access to it. Would you also pray for us to be faithful disciples, that we would be faithful to, to share the gospel, that we would be faithful to make disciples, um, and to do whatever is necessary so that people can have access to the gospel. Would you also pray for wisdom and sensitivity to the Spirit? There's so many places that we could go, uh, but we, how, how are we going to choose? What areas are we going to go to next? We need God's wisdom in that. And lastly, and this has, relates to the, to the student um, opportunity that we have, we wrote a, a job description for a career, an IMB career couple to come and work with students in the city of Tet. Uh, it would be to come and, and really be the leaders in developing a strategy to reach those students and working with the, the, the churches that are already there to help develop a, a growing and, a, and an effective uh, ministry to students. Would you pray that God would call someone to come and, and to 
serve alongside of us. And would you pray that maybe they would come from First Baptist Tifton. We praise God for the partnership that we have with First Baptist Tifton. And would you pray that maybe even God might call you to come and work alongside of us as we continue to develop this partnership. Let me just close in prayer and then I'll hand the service back over to Brother Wayne. Heavenly Father, we, we love you. We praise you because there's no one like you. We love you because you first loved us through your son Jesus. We love you because of your kindness that brought us to repentance and faith in Christ. And Father, we know that you love the world. And this gospel is not only for us, but it's for the entire world. It is good news to those who, who know that they are perishing. And Lord, we pray that that you would just continue to empower, empower First Baptist Church of Tifton, us as missionaries from First Baptist Church of Tifton, our national partners, to be faithful, to take the gospel, despite the challenges that we may face, but knowing that there are many victories, eternal rewards, for those who lay up treasures in heaven. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to, to use us as you see fit so that the many people around this world, some of who are the Nyungwe, would hear the gospel and that you, Holy Spirit, would work in their hearts bringing them to repentance and faith in Christ. We trust you, Father, that you will do this. And we just praise you because you are the one who is worthy of all praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.